United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. I am Dean Linky, proud to be your host of the United Soccer Coaches podcast and proud of how inclusive United Soccer Coaches is indeed. Earlier this year, a student athlete, a coach, and a university were recognized as the inaugural Division Three LGBTQ One Team Recognition Award winners, and Hillary Arthur is the winner of the 2020 Division Three LGBTQ Administrator Staff Coach of the Year Award. Hillary Arthur will kick off the show. Then we're joined by Virginia Tech top man Mike Brizendine, who will take on the North Carolina Tar Heels tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on ACC Network Extra. Always enjoy spending time with Mike Brizendine, who's about soccer, but he's also about his faith. And then we wrap up meeting two more members of our 30 under 30 class. And that all comes to you after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. A student athlete, a coach, and a university were recognized as the inaugural Division III LGBTQ One Team Recognition Award winners at the NCAA convention in January. Neil Virtue, Division III LGBTQ Working Group Chair and Swimming Coach for the Mills College Cyclones, said this about the D3 LGBTQ One Team Recognition Awards, and I quote, the student athletes, athletics department staff, and institutions or conferences doing this work are critical to making athletics a space where all LGBTQ identified folks have a right to be their authentic selves. This ultimately will make them better student athletes, coaches, administrators, and institutions. These inaugural winners are proof the valuable work of all those that came before this time was critical to the continued journey of acceptance for the LGBT community and athletic spaces, end quote. And one of the winners is my featured guest today on the United Soccer Coaches podcast, Hillary Arthur, the head women's soccer coach at Willamette, is the winner of the 2020 Division Three LGBTQ Administrator Staff Coach of the Year Award. The award honors the service, leadership, and promotion of LGBTQ inclusion, by an LGBTQ athletics administrator, coach, or staff member. Hillary is in her 13th year as the head women's soccer coach at D3's Willamette University in Salem, Oregon. She's the 2011 NWC Women's Coach of the Year and was a four-year starter in college at Humboldt State University in Northern California, where she was a three-year captain and a three-year all-league selection. With that, Hillary Arthur, I am honored and delighted to have you on United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome. Hey, Dean. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Amen. Hillary, you said as part of your acceptance speech that support, understanding, and inclusion are important to student athletes. Advocating for that and really letting them know they are seen and supported is why I do the work that I do. This is you speaking. To start, can you elaborate on that statement, please? Sure. I think, you know, when we come in as coaches, when we come in as student athletes, we can be put into, you know, that athletics kind of box. And I think it's really important to see our student athletes as people, as teammates, as friends, as students, to really see who they are and honor that and support that and make that part of our team culture and let them know that they are included and that they are seen and supported. Hillary, you also noted that your involvement in the NCAA Inclusion Forum, and then you said working with the Willamette Trans Advocacy Committee has been inspiring. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, starting off with the Trans Advocacy Committee at Willamette University, it was very inspiring to hear the stories of our trans athletes and um, staff members and really learning about those journeys and and really learning and and advocating for inclusion. And when I went to the NCAA Inclusion Forum, it really solidified um, the feelings and thoughts and beliefs that I had. And I was surrounded by so many ins inspiring people. Um, it just, it moved me to become more um, out, to become more of an advocate, to, to become more of a person who speaks out on these, you know, I think for me, um, majority of my life, I kind of tried to like stay under the radar. I mean, if you, you know, just stay under the radar, do my job, do it well. And my student athletes knew that I supported them, but I, I never felt um, maybe comfortable enough or empowered enough to really be my authentic self. And, and I think that realization that I can't really be a true advocate, ally, and proud gay woman until I can be my authentic self and I can be out and I can have this umbrella of inclusion, this not even an umbrella, but just this outreach of inclusion, you know? So I think if we are able to be our true authentic selves, we can have so much of a more positive impact in athletics on campus and in our communities and in the world. And man, that was a, a huge light bulb moment for me. And ever since then, I've just been inspired and motivated to do more and just empower our student athletes, let them know, you know, I'm here for them, whatever they need, especially in these times of COVID and the racial injustice that's been going on. Let's stay with that for a moment and talk about you, because now that you are speaking out and making sure that you understand and advocate for students, if you could go back and talk to yourself as that young high school and college student that was afraid to come out and say, hey, I am a proud gay woman, what would you say to that person? Because now you now have that opportunity to say that to your young students. Yeah. Um... You know, growing up, I was raised in the Mormon religion, and I tried to hide that for a long time of being gay. I always knew at a young age my feelings and who I was. So, so for me, you know, it was a process, and it's a process for so many of us in the LGBTQ community. And it's, it's really finding, you know, your allies who can help you with that process, who can help you feel supported and searching out um, support. I think when I was at Humboldt State, again, I mean, you know, if you see me, if you check out my picture, you could probably be like, oh yeah, she's she's gay, you know? And I, and that was enough for me, yeah, I'm a gay. But, you know, as this, as this young person at Humboldt State, I wish I would have kind of taken um, a bit more of a step into the LGBT community within that campus to find support uh, to find avenues of, you know, helping myself develop. I would tell our young athletes, there, there are resources and there are people who want to help and kind of taking yourself out of that box a little bit and, and trying to access those resources, uh, I think can, can go a long way in, you know, with the coming out process and being proud of who you are. Well, and you now talk about being, in fact, galvanized and a springboard of sorts with the NCA Inclusion Forum that you can move forward and try to make a difference. And part of that message is the I see you. And I love that. I for inclusion, C for community, E for excellence, and U for united. Just I see you on its own says something, but then to include those four words means something. So why don't you break down all four of those letters as part of I see you? Well, in inclusion, you know, back in the day when I was playing college ball, it was about tolerance and I was never comfortable with tolerance. It's like, oh, I can tolerate that, but that's, that's, that wasn't, that wasn't enough, you know, or support, but inclusion really means like, hey, you're included here. We want you to be part of our community, our culture, our team, 
everything you bring makes you who you are and we honor that so inclusion this is an inclusive space community we're building our community and culture around the people we bring into our program and inclusion community um huge huge for us um united we're going to be united in our support for one another in our community and culture building we're going to be united as a team uh, moving the needle always pushing ourselves and improving on the field day in and day out excelling in the classroom as well and excellence finding excellence pursuing excellence in everything you do i think just is is all of those words you know wrapped up like excellence let's be excellent in everything we do and that all leads to a sentiment you already shared and that is who you are matters and being okay with who you are matters it's okay to be lgbtq and be a head coach and a student athlete or a professor or someone running for president it's okay right yeah it's more than okay be proud of who you are and really find those friends those allies and advocates to help you and in turn you're helping them when do you know like how do you look for signs of somebody that was like your story that you essentially admitted for a while, you weren't totally comfortable. You wanted to hide just a little bit or lay low to use your words. Now that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that you're galvanized, are you looking for signs that people are, you know, wanting to come out and say, you know, hey, this is who I am? I think that's such an individual process that um, I really try to let people know, you know, I'm here for you. If you need to talk, if you just need a contact, um, I'm, I'm here. I'm a person who has been <laughs> through a lot in my process of coming out and becoming my more authentic self. I, I know this is a process for every single person and I don't necessarily look for those signs. I think um, I don't want to be intrusive because it is a process for everyone and people do it differently, but I am here and I try to make that well known you know, across campus and within athletics and within my own program. How proud were you when you heard that you were named the 2020 Division Three LGBTQ Administrator Staff Coach of the Year winner? Well, if you could see my smile, um, I was I was ecstatic. I was so humbled, so honored to be in um, a class so strong with those the other nominees. I. I read everyone's profile. I read what they had done. And it was such an honor to just be recognized with them and um, to be named the inaugural award recipient. It, it was a huge deal. It still is. I, I have my award right here. I keep it at home because, you know, we're, we're working from home a lot. I want it near me. It's a great reminder that the work isn't done and we still have a long way to go. I want to help with that process and I feel like I am and I know I can do more and uh, it, it was a huge kind of affirmation of um, the work that has been done and the work that continues that needs to be done but for, on a, for me personally it was a huge moment and I was so humbled and so honored to be the recipient. I like that answer. I have to admit, as the longtime host uh, and voice of United Soccer Coaches, I've been humbled and appreciative of how inclusive they are. You know, when all of that terrible social injustice happened, I feel like for five, six months, we tried to have as many Black voices on there to tell their stories that a lot of us are naive about. And then to have Dan Wogue involved with United Soccer Coaches, who I've admired forever. And one of the things I like about United Soccer Coaches is they wrap their arms around everybody, every single person. I feel like you feel that, you know that. I appreciate all that the NCAA and the United Soccer Coaches have done to, to help promote um, LGBTQ. You know, we did our, our shoelaces Geez, I guess it was in 2019. The, the whole COVID year kind of messes with you. Like, what? when did we last really compete? 
but um, yeah, I got connected with Dan and kind of told him my story and got the shoelaces. My team laced up right away. We even got um, sweatbands for, you know, arm sweatbands and put those on. And I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was incredible. I, I, I really appreciate and value the work that both of the associations are doing. And, um, you know, and it matters to them. And, and that's so important to have LGBTQ voices raised and amplified in these spaces because so for so long, um, LGBTQ people, coaches, you know, um, student athletes have been closeted and just laying low and trying to just do the best they can. But we all know if we can be our authentic selves, we can be so much more. Well, and I think the United Soccer coaches have really put their money where their mouth is, particularly with their newest hire in Trish Hughes, who's going to be the college program's advocate. And not only is she going to advocate for D1, D2, D3, junior college, NAIA, all of that, and here you are at D3, but as a proud gay woman as well and a proud mom, like you're a proud mom, I think you definitely can say, hey, United Soccer coaches, you know what? We're all about it in that hire, don't you think? Heck yeah, absolutely. That is so awesome, so incredible. I think, yeah, one of the things I really enjoyed in in meeting Trish on the United Soccer Coaches podcast a couple of weeks ago is she also mentioned to me that uh, that's the love of your life being being a mom. Can you tell us about your kids? Oh yeah. Well, there's a little picture behind me. Um, my son last week he just turned eight. You know, he's 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 trying to get into soccer. Uh, but I'm, I'm just like, hey, whatever you want to do, I'm going to support you. If you want to do basketball and we can be inside and be warm, I'm down with that for sure. Um, if you want to play soccer, like, let's do that, too. Let's do as many, you know, sports as you're interested in. I, I think that's, you know, I think that sometimes we get so focused on one sport that we miss out on um, the positives of all these other sports. And uh He's, he's really good at basketball. He might be pursuing that. I don't know, but um, I'm really proud of the person he is, the big brother he is to our daughter. Uh, she's two and a half. She rules the world, <laughs> you know. Um, she's, it, it was interesting because she was born in 2018 and such an infant. And during 2019, I mean, my wife brought her to a game and it was just kind of too much like you know, two kids and everything going on at the game. So my daughter never really knew what I did. And um, just with COVID and people not being allowed on campus because it's closed right now to visitors. Well, I said, hey, Courtney, why don't you bring Emmy is our daughter and Clavin is our son. I said, why don't you bring Emmy by the practice field this Saturday morning and let's show her like where I am and what I'm doing. So she got out there on the field and she was like, oh yeah, mama coaching docker and I said yes I coach soccer and she said oh bearcats and I said yes those are the bearcats so she ran around a little bit kicked the ball I think she's on a good path to uh, becoming a soccer player but uh it was it, it you know my kids uh, my wife such such a joy to come home to such a joy to be with um I just there's there's some challenging moments for sure as all parents know but I love I love being a mom you learn so much, <laughs> so, so much. Well, it's clear that you bring joy to others because otherwise you would not have been named the 2020 Division Three LGBTQ Administrator Staff Coach of the Year. So let's end with one kind of final message. And, you know, we touched on it a little bit, but, you know, you have the floor, Hillary. You know what it's like to walk in your shoes and, you know, sometimes the difficulty with that. We're trying to change that where it doesn't matter. And as we said earlier, you can be your authentic self. But if someone's listening right now that isn't sure about you know, how to come out and how to say, look at me, I am who I am, but I'm still a good person and somebody that can make a difference in this world, what's your message to those young men and women? My message is be brave, be courageous, find that circle of friends that you can open up to start small, you know, if, if you can start small and have that brave, courageous heart and you have that circle of friends that can help with that, give it a try. You'll be surprised because I think a lot of people 
are here to support us and here to love us and find that circle, start small. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it to be out. It's worth it to be your authentic self and to pursue excellence. Hillary Arthur, guess what? I see you and I'm so glad that I do see you. Congrats on winning this inaugural award and continue to do great things for the LGBT community and just as important for the soccer community because I know it's all the same thing as we're all big one happy family. Congratulations. I do see you by the way. Well done. Thank you, Dean. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, and I also want to thank Patricia Trish Hughes, who is the new College Programs Director for United Soccer Coaches, for making us aware of Hillary Arthur and this prestigious award. And we look forward, perhaps, to every year interviewing the next coach that wins this prestigious award. Coming up next, the Virginia Tech head men's soccer coach, Mike Brizendine, after this message. College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash college. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. I'm pleased to be joined by the 12-year top man for the Virginia Tech Hokies men's soccer team, Mike Brizendine. All his friends call him Briz. Mike Brizendine, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. 12 seasons. And so, as you know, back then, the NSCAA Fox Soccer College Game of the Week is the first time I met you down at USF. George Kiefer, who, by the way, still has me call his games now at NC State, always paid the money to have that game, right? Because the schools had to yeah. pay. Yeah. And you were there. You had just taken over. Let, let's go down memory lane. Remind me, like, what happened there, how you got the job and everything 12 years ago. Yeah, I was the assistant. And then um, I got promoted in 2009 after some pretty good runs. You know, in, in 07, we went to the Final Four. Uh, that was a fun experience. And then I got the I got the nod from old uh, AD, the late Mr. Jim Weaver. It's funny. It seems like a uh, hundred years ago and yesterday all at once. Well, because you know what? One of the things I like to talk about. It's not easy being a coach, right? Because you know there's a whole lot of pressure and everything. But you got through all that, and now you've had some impressive runs, even the most recent years, Coach. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've tried to uh, avoid the Reaper at several <laughs> several occasions. So. Yeah, look, it was those first years were very difficult, but we um, we got through those, and um, yeah, we're in a good way now. And you know, it's fun. It it really is. I, I have a I have an awesome job. Well, and one of the things I liked about you, you know, it's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I did a game UNC Liberty. In fact, you probably watched some of the film. Liberty looked pretty good. They figured out some things, and since that game, UNC's played a lot better, by the way. So you're not going to have an easy time tomorrow night, that's for sure as this will air on Thursday. But one of the things I remember about you is you were very open about how important faith was to you. We've done a series on this podcast with Mike Lynch, the faith-based coach. And uh, just talk a little bit about that. Because even in my open, I said, you know, I've got Mike Brizendine because the game is on Friday. But one of the things I admired about him was his faith. And I wanted you to maybe share that again, if you can. Yeah, look, I... uh... Similar to like Kelly, I know, uh, I believe in the Bible and what it says, and that's everything for me, you know, it dictates everything and not that it's, uh, you know, one thing to make clear, it doesn't mean perfection far from it. Um, it's actually the opposite. I know that I have my shortcomings and I acknowledge that. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, um, like I said, it's, it's everything to me and, and to my wife and, and we're trying to raise our girls uh, in that way. How many girls do you have coach? I have three daughters, uh, eight, six, and just turned five. Wow. Those mm -hmm. are fun. Those are fun years, aren't they? Yes. For all the listeners, uh, don't wait until you're old to start having kids because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have much time. You got to, once you get started, you got to go. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If I can give you any advice, soak those years in because those were my, 
my favorite years really from five to 11 were the favorite years with my, my two kids. And, you know, again, what do I know, but I just think soak it in because once they turn 12, you know, it'll start slipping away for you, coach. I believe those words. I, I tell that to my wife all the time because she homeschools the, the girls and, uh, I'm like, look, they still think we're the best things ever. So we got to we gotta soak that up because there'll be a time they want nothing to do with us. Yeah, amen. That's so well said. Well, I got to believe because faith is so important that even at a competitive league like the ACC, character still matters in the players that you bring in. How much time do you spend on the character part of the players you bring in? A lot. Look, we have a uh, – it's funny, I was talking – uh, I was talking with Kelly about it today. Kelly Finley. We have a no turd rule on our team. <laughs> uh, you can't be a turd. I mean, I get rid of those guys. Uh, I mean, they just kill a program. Um, it took me a while. And there were there were years I was lured by uh, the talent. But it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. We need good kids. Because with good kids, you can win. And that's why when I told you I have a great job, that's a huge piece of it. I mean, I have awesome kids. Um, and if you've heard me talk or say anything, I really am like a broken record, but I love going on away trips with our guys. I like being on the bus with them. Meals are like a blast for me. And you just can't beat that when you're having to go on the road all the time and spend so much time with them and you like being around them. Um, I trust our guys. It makes the job a lot better. The job is big though. And because this is United Soccer Coaches podcast, I always try to use learning moments or tipping points. And I feel like there's a lot of people, and you know this, Briz, a lot of people want to be you. They want to be a head coach at a, a major institution and definitely, yeah, getting bigger than the ACC. So that's where the importance of your assistant coaches really matters. So talk about how you assembled your coaching staff and emphasize how important they are to you and your success. Yeah, I mean, the assistants are everything. I maybe ride their coattails, you know. I had the good news of being a head coach, uh, for a while now. And I know my strengths and weaknesses. I know the kind of guys that I need around me uh, to make our ship run. And I've been fortunate enough to find those guys. And then look, it's the same things. I need people that, to, that I work with that I can trust. And that I just generally like being around um, because we spend so much time together. If you don't really care for them, it's not fun and then it's not worth it. So those are the, the, the things. Being very compatible, being, a, being trustworthy, and then again, there are some particular things that I kind of hone in on that offset my weaknesses. One of the things that I also know about you, having spent so much time, particularly calling Big Ten soccer, this is my 15th year on the Big Ten Network. And obviously when Sasha came in, the 21st century model came and then living in Chapel Hill, Carlos Samuano really talks about it. But your name gets mentioned quite a bit as somebody that's also been a pretty staunch supporter of the 21st century. I'm correct about that, aren't I? Yeah. Yep. Tell um, me why. Uh, because I love it. Uh, I think it's the way. It's funny. I was just talking to a coach uh, before I got on with you. And the thought of this next fall of having to play Friday, Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, it's like, it's rough on my, it's rough on my soul. I don't look forward to that. I like this, like having a week to prepare and and we're playing like crazy tough games, but I still, I enjoy it so much because um, you get proper rest, you get proper recovery. And when essentially we've in the ACC have backed into the 21st century model yes. and look, I've talked to our support staff, our players and everybody, it is what we thought it would be. It saved us money. It is, the guys love it. My support staff loves it. It's been a big one. Um, and look, I'm fortunate enough. Carlos is the main person that I chat with and about these. And, uh, you know, he's one of the leaders of the pack. I follow his, his lead. You know, he's a super bright guy. And I'm glad that he's one of the guys heading up the charge. Yeah, he really is. And I'm glad that um, people are realizing that it's bigger than just Sasho. And I'm glad that Sasho is even starting to say that now as well. And Carlos, um, you know, I think he's a misunderstood coach at times, but he's a wizard as a coach. For one, they play really good soccer. But I mean, going back to kind of what you already said, he really has stepped up as a leader on this 21st century model idea. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good for us. <laughs> uh, it goes a long yeah. way. And I, I try to tell him that every time that we talk that I'm glad that he's, he's doing it because it takes a lot of pieces, right? And that's not to discount Sasha's work. His work has been tremendous, but 
you know, the body has many parts, right? And you can't, there are certain ways that Sasha approaches things and certain people that he really resonates with, especially with where he's at in that metropolitan area. And he's done tremendous things for us. But I think there is this, another level that's, that Carlos has brought that is, is really, it's different. It's a different skill set. And, and the things that he has said has an impact on a lot of other people. So it, I think it's really, really good. Um, and not to say those are the only guys. Uh, there's a number of folks that are working on it, but especially for the East Coast, you know, those are two ringleaders as far as I'm concerned. On Friday night, folks are going to tune in on ACC Network Extra to see Virginia Tech take on North Carolina. Before we talk about the game, and you've got pretty nice facilities as well, but man, Dorrance Field is ridiculous. I'm assuming you've been there already, haven't you? Have you or is this your first time? First time. You're going to be blown away. You've heard good things, yeah. right? Yeah, I tried to play Carlos in the fall. I'm like, Carlos, don't worry, I'll come to you because I want to play in that awesome stadium. And then we weren't able to to play the game. But yeah, I can't wait to get there. It looks beautiful. Well, you just mentioned that you tried to play and couldn't. Like, what it was, what's been your basic mantra or theme as you've dealt with this COVID thing, which has affected us all, no matter what our age, no matter what we do? How have the Hokies soccer team been able to get through this? Yeah, I mean, my guys, again, have done such an awesome job. Uh, it's really tremendous. I mean, here's one thing. I, I love going back to this, and I use an example. So, you know, we have to test. In the fall, we were testing three days a week. Uh, this spring, now they've changed it to we're two days a week. So, and our, our testing times, they range between 6.30 and 7.15 in the morning. Guess how many times the guys have missed those appointments? I'm hoping none. None. Wow. Which is awesome. It's also a, a statement, right? It means if something's really important to you, you'll make it happen, right? So that's what I bring those guys back to. Because, you know, the year before, we'd have treatments at 8 o'clock and guys would miss or be late. We'll use that as a learning uh, ex uh, experience. But, yeah, look, it has been challenging, especially this spring. This game, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, against UNC will be the first time we've had our full complement our full team together the mm -hmm. first game and i only got two left wow <laughs> so it also means i've worked hard our staff and the players like keeping things in perspective guys like look we're still able to play there are a number of players that are getting much much better because we're getting these opportunities guys have had to like play different players there's been a lot of pivoting it's been great i mean we were able to play acc teams it's awesome yeah Briz, one of the things I like about you is you're not showy. You're not flashy. You just believe. And I mentioned the story in USF, but really one of my favorite stories about you was seeing you in Bloomington facing an unbelievable Indiana team that was just <laughs> flat out loaded. that had all these pros. And I don't know if you realized you did it, but you kind of like said to me or looked at me and said, you know what? I think we're going to be all right. I think we got this. And I'm not going to lie. I thought you were crazy. I thought like there's, <laughs> and I mean that in a good way, you know what I mean? But I was yeah. just like, there's no way. And you know what? You guys went out and did it. Like, what is it about you and the way you carry yourself where you have this belief no matter what? And, and, and granted, I mean, it's not like Virginia Tech is a slouch because you're not, but that Indiana team was no, loaded. Was loaded, loaded. Um, I don't even know if they had, uh, giving up two goals that whole year in any game right and by the shot count I mean Lungard was was tremendous look that group was a special group and we had some fight to us I mean we joke I joke with Pat um, my associate head coach and that some of the guys that play we just laugh about because you know man for man uh, we probably didn't add up but we had some we had momentum and there was a there was a fight about that group that was really that was really special that was you know, out of all of my memories, Dean, uh, that is definitely up there as probably one of my top three or four memories. It was, it was a special time. Yeah. It's got to it be. Like, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's David Goliath for certain. Um, yeah, totally. Totally. I do remember. I feel like it cost me money because if Indiana would have won, it would have been another game for me. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. My fault. <laughs> So. I'm totally, I'm totally just kidding. Having a good time. I mean, one thing I did want to switch to is, you know, we talked about Chapel Hill, we talked about Bloomington, but 
I have had the great honor of, I did the ACC wrestling championships at Virginia Tech and the fans were amazing. They were electrifying. They were so into it. Then I did a basketball game last year at the castle, I guess would have been the 2019 season and same sort of thing. And then I got to spend a couple extra days there and man, that is a cool place. Virginia Tech is a cool place. The fans are educated, right? They support the team and the town is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a diamond. It's a, it's an awesome place. I mean, that's why I love being here and raising my kids here. It's, it's really sweet. Yeah. Our our little oasis. And look, here's the thing that really makes it, and that's what makes it kind of tough for us right now is the people by far. That's what makes Virginia Tech. Um, Yeah. Cause I don't know if you experienced this uh, in 19 uh, just because of your importance. I'm sure they, they made sure you were, where you need to be. But if you were walking around with a map, kind of not knowing, someone would ask you like, Hey, can we help you? Do you need to find anything? They would shoot the breeze with you. Like that's the kind of community that we live in. And I, I grew up in DC and it was not like that. So to be in this kind of atmosphere is, um, is, is awesome. I really, really enjoy it. And how much do uh, they love uh, living there as well? Uh, well, they don't know any different, but yeah, <laughs> they, they enjoy it. Um, I tell my wife, I think my kids live the dream. So, but we'll see. I'm sure, uh, you know, in 15 years, I'll be in counseling with them. Uh, but that's okay. Yeah. I like that you have a sense of humor. I mean, in many ways, though, you're living the dream, right? I mean, I always feel like in my job, it's not really work. And that's why, you know, I'm smiling all the time because I love what I do. I mean, truth is, I wanted to be like one of your star forwards or star center backs or star basketball players. And when I realized I couldn't, I'm like, well, let me at least talk about those people that are like okay. that. And it's not really work, is it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are some days when it, it is uh, work, but there, there are a lot more good days than there are days like that. Yeah. For certain. All right. Mm-hmm. As we wrap up our time here and you think about, how United Soccer Coaches has stepped up to make sure that, you know, we had to do it digitally this year, but we did the convention. They've opened up all kinds of online educational courses. And I think they're another association that wraps their arms around everybody, no matter what you look like or who you like, they put their arms around you. Knowing that you're a part of association like that, how does it make you feel, Coach? Oh, it's good. It's good. Look, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I can't even not that I can't believe I'm about to admit this to you on, uh, on the podcast, but uh, so many years I went to the convention and I've taken it kind of for granted, you know? Um, but this year I legitimately missed it. It was rough not going and seeing everybody and, and doing, you know, it's become such a routine in my life. So without it, I was like, Oh, I can't wait till we have it back. <laughs> so one of the things I, I definitely, uh, definitely noted, in my mind that I missed was, uh, was the convention and seeing everyone. And I'm grateful to be a part of that association and, and the coaches that go with it. I mean, we have some really, really brilliant minds. So I always think the key is I just try to keep my mouth shut and my ears open and steal as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it's all about sharing and, and learning and educating each other. Well, Briz, good luck tomorrow against North Carolina, 7 o'clock. Thank you. The Network Extra, and thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Yes, awesome. Thank you again. Good seeing you. All right, we're off to a good start, but we're not done. We meet two more members of the impressive 30 under 30 class for United Soccer Coaches after these messages. This is Dean Linky again, and I wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention such a great success. I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts, and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the digital convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. To register and receive access, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. 
That's right, you can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer. And again, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Time to meet another outstanding member of our 30 under 30 class. So pleased to be with Mauricio Lazada, who was born in Mexico, grew up in Minnesota. We're going to find out where he is stationed right now. I believe it's in the great state of Colorado, which if you listen to my program, you know that I love that state as well. Mauricio, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. This is fantastic. I appreciate it. Well, we're delighted to have you as part of the 30 under 30 class. So Mauricio, I've been letting the 30 under 30s kind of tell their story. So give it to us. Uh, I know you were born in Mexico. How long were you there? When did you move to Minnesota? Did you play at all in college? What got you into coaching? And how did you end up where you are now? So I moved to Minnesota when I was uh, 11 years old, depending on the day, depending who's asking. I might say that I'm from, from Minnesota. I Personally, did not play college. I've been playing the game since I can remember. And, and obviously, uh, when it came to that decision, I got into seven colleges, six were for soccer, one was for academics. And at the time, I decided that I wanted to be a social worker and change the world. <laughs> but obviously, that's not what I'm doing. So played three years of varsity high school, men's soccer since, you know, probably 14 years old. I did my playing time and, and it was great. Sometimes I still play men's league at, at this age. But after getting an ACL, you know, you change your priorities really quick. So <laughs> that's when, when I started going into coaching a little bit more full time. And the last four years, I've, that's been my profession. And, and I appreciate it because not a lot of times you get paid to to do what you love and being around soccer fields uh, is, is it's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a bad way to earn a living, I think. I, last year, I moved to Colorado for a soccer job, but obviously, you know, we're a pandemic hit <laughs> and, and we needed to improvise. So uh, I'm currently a staff coach with the Colorado Rapids uh, Youth Soccer Club. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to work in an organization that really values player and coaching development. So um, I'm going to learn a lot. And again, I'm very fortunate to, to be uh, added to the 30 on the third class. All right. Well, it's great you're in Colorado. I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, I started my broadcasting career in Colorado as the voice of the Colorado Rapids. So that was probably before you were born way back in 1996. But uh, what a great franchise. And boy, you look of late and you got all these youngsters representing the U.S. national team. The Colorado Rapids were on full display in their last game when they trounced uh, Trinidad and Tobago. So great club right now, right? Yeah, no, uh, it's exciting times uh, for the first team. And obviously, it seems like that direction is the right one. Let's invest in youth and have a different perspective on historically the last five, seven years. <laughs> so it's it's exciting times. I think it's definitely helping being part of a youth club. Young ones can see that, hey, you don't have to be that old to, to be a very good soccer player <laughs> and get yourself out there. I feel like you kind of glanced over your bachelor's at a school in Wisconsin. Just talk a little bit about that, because I think you've got a bachelor's degree in social work from the University of Wisconsin, River Falls in 2013, correct? Correct. I guess one of my biggest regrets will be that I didn't get to play college soccer. But at the time, I chose academics and and. The social work program at River Falls is one of the best in the region. Wanted to be a social worker and change the world. If this saga thing doesn't pan out, I think I can go back to it. I do a little social work from, from time to time with some of my players and some of my parents. So, you know, it, it actually has helped a lot. It does make you think outside the box. So, <laughs> uh, so it's, 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 a, it's a pretty good background to have. You spent a lot of time at St. Olaf College, a men's soccer team. What division is that? Where is that? And how did you grow and what did you learn there? Right out of college, uh, probably a year after 
getting done with college, I, I started with the women's program at Tenoff College, which is in Northfield, Minnesota, which that's where I grew up. Mayak Division Three. I'm a little biased, but I would say the Mayak is one of the best conferences for Division Three soccer. It was very challenging to think about recruiting, scouting opponents, and and obviously, uh, you know, we we made an effort to get some pretty uh, quality opposition off conference. So you know, playing the Wheatons, playing Loras. For, for some of those people that, that have a good understanding of the Midwest soccer scene uh, will know what I'm talking about. And then uh, after two years uh, coaching change on the women's side, I, I moved to the men's side and, you know, I, I got to work under Kurt, who is a longtime members, member of the organization and, and also uh, was at, you know, for 25 years, I believe. So the last three years uh, at, you know, with the men's side, I, I again, I got to be exposed a little bit more into that, what it took to to recruit players, uh, talented players, getting some transfers for D1, uh, getting some overseas players. Uh, I would say that we were a very diverse program. So, you know, having a lot of uh, players from from African countries, uh, from France, Mexico, Spain. I mean, we, we were very fortunate. My last year there, I actually took over the JB program. I got to learn uh, on the spot <laughs> on, on how to manage those, those uh you know, those age groups really, but also players that had a pretty good understanding of what they were trying to accomplish. Uh, so that, so that was, that was again, uh, a pretty good experience uh, for, for what I do now. Mauricio Lazada, in your own words, being a coach means what to you as you mold young minds, not just on the soccer field, but off. I want to use the, the sport as a, as a learning tool, teamwork, responsibility. And, and one thing that is very hard to do is just get get these players to advocate for themselves. Yes, uh, obviously, I, you know, tough conversations, we'll have them with the parents, but but ultimately um, helping them get their get their voice of how they're feeling, how they're doing. And, and you know, maybe as as they learn more about the game, being able to uh, talk about their their ideas and how they want to uh, do those kind of things. So it's a great way, sports, especially soccer, is a great way to just learn those things that you may or may not learn in the in the classroom. United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30, being a member of that class, what does that mean to you, sir? Great opportunity to not just learn from from our mentors, which I'm very lucky uh, with the one I got, but also I'm looking forward to just exchanging ideas with the other members of this, uh, of, of this class, um, you know, having contacts all, all over the 50 states. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. Uh, I think uh, right now we have somebody from Hawaii. We have some people from the East Coast. I mean, you rarely do you get that network opportunity in other asset, aspects of, of coaching, right? Um, a lot of the times we get into our own little club and and that's our club versus them, and and that's it. <laughs> so, so opportunities like the 30 under 30 allows us to just get out of our comfort zone, uh, get to know uh, different perspectives, different ideas, um, and, you know, just just uh, get yourself out there. So I, it's fantastic. I can't think of, a, of another, of a better way to, to be able to do that. Real quick, who is your mentor as part of the 30 Under 30 program? My mentor is uh, the head coach of Grand Canyon University. Chellis Heinemann? Yep. I mean, it's an honor. The conversations I've had with him are, I'm just like, let me write that down. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, and, and, and make sure that, you know, I, I almost feel like those inspirational posters, you know, like every time he says something, let's put it there, put it on the wall. Cause you don't want to forget it. Yeah. He's a legend. This is his last year, by the way, he just announced that uh, he's retiring at the end. Yeah, of the no, year, that was, so. that was a little shock for me, but you know, I, I think uh, what he has done for the sport, man, I think uh, uh, it's, it's wonderful. And, and obviously he should have enjoyed a little bit you know, enjoy that, that praise that, that he has earned. Just two more questions for you, Mauricio. Even at a young age, it's a thrill for you to be a member of the United Soccer Coaches. Why, Mauricio? Fill in the blank. My first convention was Chicago, just because when I was living in the Twin Cities area, it was close. My first time, I just like, where'd I go? what I do? My feet were hurting, you know, at the end of the day, because I went to every single session. But I have learned. I have learned to like, hey, be a little bit more proactive, reach out to, to these wonderful people, I'm actually part of the Latino advocacy group. So again, I've been exposed to wonderful people from all over the country. This morning, I got to talk to somebody out in the East Coast about coaching development and stuff like that and, and my C license and, and all those kind of things that I would not have been able to do two years ago. So again, uh, just the exposure and being able to reach out to people and, and, and know that they're going to answer and know 
that they're going to give you some pretty good advice. Finally, there's no wrong answer here because I will preface it by saying that I've been at Azteca Stadium with 96,000. I've been in Atleta Stadium for a U.S. Olympic qualifier, USA-Mexico soccer. I don't think people realize the rivalry there. It's every bit as good as Duke-North Carolina basketball, in my opinion, and the passion that the Mexican fans have for their full national team. They can also turn on you as well. You know that. But your first 11 years in Mexico, Mexico-USA, they play right now. They play tomorrow. What jersey are you wearing? There's no wrong answers here, Mauricio. There's no wrong answers. The, the Mexican national team is always going to be one that I, I cannot think about. It. Yes, I do appreciate what the U.S. is doing. I do appreciate that it's becoming a little bit more diverse and it's getting those Mexican-Americans a shot. But, man, I was born in Mexico, uh, and anytime there's a game between them, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. I was in Chicago not too long ago when they were playing in the Gold Cup, and Mexico won in Chicago, and it was 60,000 people there and probably 90% Mexican fans there for sure. It was pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I remember my uh, Chicago uh, Soldier Field. I went to watch them play against Bosnia. I, it was a pretty good Bosnian crowd, but yeah, 95% were <laughs> green. So <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, I appreciate you being honest about that. You know what? You got to wear it where your heart is, and uh, and you're going to do great things there in Colorado, and I wish you all the best. Mauricio Lazada, another member of our 30 Under 30 class. Thanks for being with us, sir. Thank you for the time. We're not done. We meet one more member of our 30 Under 30 class after this break. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. High school coaches are presented unique challenges both on and off the field of play. The United Soccer Coaches High School Diploma, now delivered in an all online format, supplies coaches with the knowledge needed to perform the distinctive role high school coaches play in the development of young players. This updated diploma takes a look at the ongoing duties of the high school coach and how to better prepare them for the responsibilities given to them in that position. For more information or to register, go to unitedsoccercoaches.org education. Rolling right along, we get double time this week on 30 Under 30 as we are now joined by Kushal Patel. That's right, his first name is Kushal. I dig that name and I dig that he's part of the 30 Under 30 class. Kushal, did I say it right? You said it right, you're all good, Dean. All right, well, help me understand. Kushal Patel, where are you from? That's such a fascinating name. Yeah, I mean, I'm from New York City. My parents are, are immigrants from India, England, East Africa, all, all kind of over the place. And uh, But I grew up, born and raised in New York City. Okay, yeah, because Patel's an Indian name, right? A common Indian name, correct? Yes, yes. it's awesome. like- Okay, great. So what does mom and dad do? What do they do? My dad is an architect and my mom works for a biopharmaceutical advertising agency. Nice, pretty smart people. How about brothers and sisters? I have a sister who works for the Audubon Society and does some finance. Okay, very good. All right, awesome. All right, well, let's learn a little bit about you. You're in New York City right now, but where have you been? Give us uh, your whole pathway to your point right now and being a member of the 30 Under 30 class. I think it's mostly been in New York City. You kind of start here and, and that's sometimes you never you never leave. I actually started in the subway. Believe it or not, the first coaching gig I ever got was uh, from riding the subway, going to, to Yankee Stadium to see a match. And I, you know, happened to hit the subway at a certain time and a guy just said, hey, how do you get to Yankee Stadium? Are you going to this match? I said, yeah, come with me. Never met the guy, didn't know anything about him, but you know, he, he needed to go to the stadium and I was going. So we hit, got on the subway and uh, started chatting and took a couple of minutes for me to realize that he was pretty far up in the uh, soccer world. He had some experience in the MLS playing and a little experience with the national team. He then told me he's the head coach of Columbia University soccer team. And I told him, you know, I was just out of college. It was always my dream to, to coach. 
And I was really looking for places to coach and said, well, if that's your dream, we'll have you on the field on Monday. And I was wow. like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I got camps running all summer. Like I'll have you on the field on Monday if that's what you really want. And that Monday I started coaching. Wait, who was this guy? What's his name? His name's Kevin Anderson. He's the uh, head coach of Columbia University men's soccer. So I know Kevin Anderson. He used to play for me. So I ran no a team in Raleigh and he played for me for one year. Kevin Anderson, right? Short little bald guy. Fiery. Yep. No way. That's who you met on the train? Yep. Totally, uh, totally random. And we had some, some connections we figured out and, and then that's how everything got started. So are you still in connection with Kevin Anderson? Please tell me you are. Yeah, of course. Talked to him a couple, couple days ago. He's kind of been my mentor and, and someone who's guided me all through the different little stops in my coaching career. And actually while working at that camp, I met some of the interns who were students at a school and I started teaching there first day of school, the kid who was an intern says, we need a coach. And I took over the high school team. We won our league that year and then got promoted up to the highest level of New York City high school soccer, where, you know, we got our butts kicked for a long time (laughs) before we ended up uh, top 20 in the city. And that kind of then led me back to Kevin Anderson and Kevin said, let's keep going with this. Like you're, you're doing great. Like you really have an act for working with people and coaching. And I think that was like five years from meeting him, a coach from the college of Mount St. Vincent came on down looking for assistant coaches. Kev said, well, go talk to this kid and pointed to me. And, and I became the assistant of the college of Mount St. Vincent, which like I was not expecting, but I think it, it was a, the right move. And that's kind of, you know, how I ended up applying to this program is uh, people started saying you should, you should apply, you should apply. And Kev was my reference and, and (laughs) he was probably the big story that I wrote about also for this application. Yeah. What a story. I'm so glad you shared. I got to believe he was at least in the top three or five of calls you made after you heard that you got into the 30 under 30 program, right? I think he was the first person. Um, (laughs) He was, you know, because it was such a, we always say to each other every, every time we talk, like it was such a, a moment of coincidence, right? And if we hadn't run into each other or I didn't say, come, you know, ride with me or, you know, we didn't talk or I didn't say I always wanted to be a coach, all these things could have not happened. But so it was such a, a moment of fate, you know, we thought that it's kind of led us to this, this path. And then, so this was like kind of the cherry on top of, of a great last, I guess that's like eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to keep on going though. What's your next step? What's your next plan? We're in a strange time right now, for sure. You know, I'm just trying to find a a spot in the college game. Really. I, I found that college was most intriguing for me because I have the ability to recruit coaching at the high school level was great, but I found, especially in New York city, there's couple powerhouse schools and you're not going to do much to stop them because they got all the best players coming. And my school was a bunch of, you know, computer and engineering students that soccer was their, you know, their secondary passion. So I thought, let me go work at a college and find a place where I can create relationships with kids who want to play and create an atmosphere and a team that can do well. And so you know, I wasn't sure about that, but then at the College of Mount St. Vincent, my head coach was suspended for four matches for illegally playing a kid with too many yellow cards. And I had to take over as the head coach for the last four games. And we were two and 14, I believe, had a miserable year. And it was our first season coach with this team. So we hadn't recruited any of the players, just everything we had inherited. And Uh, We had to play the top team in the conference for homecoming, senior night also. And I was the head coach. And we won that match 3-2 in overtime Nice as as the head coach. And to me, that was the moment of like, man, I can really do this. And that's kind of where I want to get to. All right. Outstanding. When you think about United Soccer Coaches as an entity and particularly how inclusive it is. As we mentioned, you have an Indian dad and um, you're a person of color. You know, certainly United Soccer Coaches is so inclusive and they're doing great things to break down some barriers, I think. 
exactly what you said is about breaking barriers and and trying to evolve and so it's a pleasure to to really have this opportunity with the united soccer coaches because they want to help people get to places and and become pioneers and become leaders and so for me being you know of indian descent there's not too many indian coaches out there that are known honestly by me maybe two or three to be one of those you know it's kind of been one of my one of my goals um and when looking after i won that match in college i kind of looked up have there been any other indian head coaches of ncaa teams that have won a match in soccer and i couldn't find it and i'm sure there are but just that that itself kind of led me to this opportunity and then having united soccer coaches like really looking for people like that who are trying to get their stories out there and trying to break barriers i think is is really awesome all right let's end it with this i'm going to ask you to dig deep here but i feel like you've got the ability to do it i love the way you tell stories and the way you painted this picture and i like the tie-ins it's really neat so you're currently 30 under 30 let's say you continue to progress and i went ahead and said 60 years from now he's going to be part of 90 under 90 and what i mean by that he's gonna will have left a great legacy in your own words as you think 60 years ahead even if you don't want to what do you want your legacy to be as a soccer coach as a soccer leader honestly touching other people's lives so you know as a teacher as well like the biggest joys i get are from giving people opportunities helping them along their paths and uh, making other people become things that they didn't believe they could be and and kind of seeing and discovering potential in people. So my legacy, hopefully, is that I have a bunch of people that can can look out for me and say, wow, like this person had a, had a role and influential role in my life. That's what's gotten me this far, and I would love that to keep going. Tell Kevin I said, hey, great to be with you, and thanks for being a part of the 30 Under 30 class. All right, Dean. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Small, great, wonderful world, this United Soccer Coaches family. Another tie-in with Kevin Anderson, Mr. Patel. I want to thank all of our great guests today, as well as Sean Chevro and Bailey Conklin from United Soccer Coaches, our great producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them, I'm Dean Linky. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.